Um, I work on a website for climate change resources. I was in Washington for Thanksgiving. There was a turkey on my table and an elephant in the room. And I would say that the elephant was the federal government. Lots of conversation about offshore wind, of course, because many members of my family are within the federal government. And I'm wondering, since we didn't talk about it at all here yet, that interior department, those shipping issues, those search and rescue issues, all those issues, could someone address those issues? Who wants to take a crack at that one? Yeah, I'm happy to respond to that. It's <laughs> yeah. an excellent question, yeah. and this goes to the heart of why it's taken a lot longer to develop offshore wind in the U.S. than it has in Europe. The simple answer is because we've got a federal system with a number of different agencies at the federal level, at the state level, and at the local level, all involved in the permitting of these projects, it takes a lot of coordination by the developers of these projects that doesn't have to get done in Europe. In continental Europe, there's usually a single permitting authority that simply grants a license to operate after a developer has won a competition and has demonstrated <laughs> a certain level of environmental uh, diligence. In our case, we have to make that same case over and over and over again to multiple different agencies. So if you ask, is there one thing that you could do to de-bottleneck this at the federal level? No, you can't because it's not just the federal government. It's agencies within the federal government. In some cases, those agencies don't agree. And so part of our job is to patiently understand what it is that each agency needs, going all the way back to you know their enabling legislation, the regulation, and providing science-based evidence on point after point after point to demonstrate that this can, in fact, be done in a way that is responsible. And that also, as a function of the way the US works, requires lots and lots of public input. Our, block, uh, our, our South Fork wind farm, which would be the first serving New York State, has already gone through 19 different public comment periods um, just on Long Island. So there's a lot, and it's our job as responsible developers to be out in front of this. We don't fear that. That's not a bad thing. We end up with better projects when we get this input, and the projects will be designed and built and operated better with that degree of scrutiny. Well, just to add a couple thoughts, um, the primary federal player is the Department of Interior because their Bureau of Ocean Energy Management has the permitting responsibilities for any infrastructure, any energy infrastructure in federal waters. Uh, and so they, they, uh, they, they have, and, and, and I should say, going back to the second Obama administration, uh, when I was at Energy and, and uh, Secretary Moniz and Secretary Jewell together announced an, the, the first national offshore wind strategy for the country. That was a reflection of Interior's regulatory authority and Department of Energy's uh, kind of policy of cheerleading role in that instance. So move forward to the first couple years of the Trump administration, Secretary Zinke at Interior and his team actually kept moving forward. They identified wind energy areas off of certain states. They held auctions to, to, to uh, of leases of those wind energy areas, they started to take forward steps on permitting. And I think what you're referring to is is a, a, what appears to be a delay with the new Secretary of Interior, David Bernhardt, uh, who uh, 
decided not to approve the environmental impact statement for the Vineyard Wind Project uh, off, of Ma off of the coast of Massachusetts, the first large-scale project, um, because he wanted to look at the cumulative impacts of all of the proposed wind farms. And as a matter of public policy, that's, that's actually a pretty sound idea. Um, but there is a lot of concern that wanting to do that and putting it on the back of a single and first project uh, is concerning, and there's also concern about how long will that take. Uh, and so I think we're all we're all looking uh, looking at um, uh, at Interior and the Secretary uh, and Boehm to uh, see see how they manage this going forward. I might just add something as well. Um, yeah, as as Clint noted, these are, are very complicated projects, and I think that that the work that we need to do with the federal government is is not just done by industry, it's also led by, by states and local governments, certainly. Um, and so New York, Massachusetts, New Jersey, a number of other states have, have worked together over the years to move forward conversations with the federal government on a number of angles. So probably most notably, this is the advancement of, of new lease areas off of our coast, and, and New York was quite successful in, in getting some new wind energy areas advanced, although they're not yet completed with that process. Um, but I will also note that we have, have remarkable uh, success in working with agencies like the U.S. Coast Guard, with the Army Corps of Engineers, who are um, not only involved with permitting of the wind farm itself, but are also integral into the development of, of new uh, port infrastructure and in looking at vessel traffic and cable landings, what have you. So the impacts that offshore wind has are, are far more, more nuanced than just the turbines themselves. Um, and I would just say, you know, across the board, we're, we're still very optimistic that the federal government is just doing know their homework um, to ensure uh, that we have a, a, a justified and responsible um, process in place to support you know the development of future projects thank you